I'm Alan Walker, and in this episode I spoke to Freestyle Frisbee World Champion and World Urban Games Gold Medalist Daniel O'Neill. A random guest for the Chat Talent People podcast, you may think, but Daniel is from our world, having led business development for several recruitment marketing agencies. We spoke about the impact of COVID-19 on New York's artistic community, a little bit about employee branding, and of course a tiny bit about Frisbee. A unique chat with a unique chap. Enjoy. Please take your seats. This evening's performance is about to begin. Hi, Daniel. How are you? Hey, Alan. I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you, my friend. So welcome to the uh, Chat Talent People podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. For those that might not know who you are, I guess you're, you'll be better known your side of the pond than maybe my side of the pond. Uh, but let's assume there will be listeners across the world who are like, who's this Daniel guy? Tell me a little bit about who you are and what it is you do. Yeah, for sure. So I'm, um, I'm New York City based. I'm in Harlem. And uh, I work in recruitment marketing. I've been working in recruitment marketing for the past five years. So I've worked mainly on the agency side, helping companies with their talent attraction strategies, programmatic advertising, social media, uh, paper performance, stuff like Indeed. So that's kind of my uh, my world of expertise. And um, mostly we I operate in, in the States and work with, with U.S. companies, but, um, but I've, I have traveled across the pond to London for business a couple of times as well. Oh, excellent, excellent. We'll come on to the we'll come on to the the professional stuff if we've got time towards the end of this this chat. But uh, I'm really interested. You know, we are smack in the middle of COVID nineteen. I think it's affected something like ninety percent of the of the globe has been affected directly, and uh, you know that ten percent. I'm, I'm not quite sure exactly where they are. Uh, but that was a stat I I read. And um, how's it how's it impacted you personally? Yeah, I I mean. I'm I'm first and foremost very thankful for my own health and that my my family and my close circle of friends is all safe and healthy. I think in New York City we have a very challenging situation right now because we're an extremely densely populated city and it's it's difficult mm. for people to maintain the necessary social distancing measures and still get their vitamin D and get outside and you know, not feel uh, this sense of cabin fever that I think is coming over a lot of us who have uh, <laughs> now been stuck at home for the past couple of weeks. So, you know, it's it's uh, personally, I'm very thankful to say that it hasn't had a huge impact on my life. Uh, I, we were talking about it a bit offline before, but I was working remotely uh, since long before COVID-19 started. So from a workflow perspective, not a whole lot has changed and and that part's been okay but you know i'm a i'm an athlete and from an exercise perspective i mean i'm somebody who loves to be outside and um and i feel like every time i walk out of my apartment door i'm putting people at risk there i you know it's just so densely populated so that part has been a massive challenge and just on that that point, because I when you um, when you asked to come on the show, and I, I said yes within about three seconds of you asking, um, I was really interested in in your background and and for the for the audience um, listening who doesn't know anything about Daniel's background, your world frisbee freestyle champion is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Two time uh, freestyle frisbee world champion, which is this. Uh, you know, relatively small, unknown sport. 
uh, kind of comparable to hacky sack. There's an element yeah. of juggling um, with Frisbee. And it is, uh, it's a huge part of my life. Uh, I, I've traveled around the world for, for competitions for the last 10 years for this. I had a great honor to perform with uh, Cirque du Soleil in a leading role that, that showcased this talent uh, at the 2015 Pan American Games opening ceremony. Um, and it, it's really just been a, a great vessel for me to express myself artistically and athletically. Um, so yeah, freestyle Frisbee, you can find a thousand videos online if you, if you look it up, but, um, that is, that is my, my main discipline of choice in the sports world. Uh, most recently I just won a really exciting event called the world urban games. Uh, it was in September of 2019 in Budapest and it was alongside a bunch of other, uh, new urban uh, Olympic prospect sports like three-on-three basketball, parkour, freestyle BMX, freestyle rollerblading, um, break dancing. So it was a really cool event. I uh, hope that we'll yeah. have a lot more like that. Unfortunately, one way COVID has impacted me personally is that all uh, freestyle frisbee tournaments have been canceled for the calendar year. So I am still deeply mourning the death of live sports and uh, you know and live entertainment, at least in the short term, that that uh, it's, it's quite sad. No, absolutely. And and when you um, when I looked at your background and, and just from talking to there, I, I I imagine I'm quite a bit older than you. But when I was a kid back in the kind of late eighties, early nineties, I used to play a computer game called California Games that used to have the, the different games in it were things like hacky sack and surfing. I imagine if that was re released now, freestyle frisbee would probably be included. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you say that because there there is like uh in a couple arcade bars in New York, they have a freestyle frisbee uh frisbee video game called Windjammers, like on some kind of old school uh, gaming system probably very similar ah. yeah. i'll have to get i'll have to check that out and see if i can show my boys so we're seven and nine they'll be like what's this <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably more about the system less than the frisbee because yeah. all of those kind of things they'll be like that's super cool but the game system be like what is this old thing dad it's worse than a calculator <laughs> <laughs> so you, you talked there about you know the freestyle frisbee is not just a sport is it it's also artistic and there's an art to it as well. And um, gen- in the general artistic community, particularly those that are out doing urban arts and, and things that involve them leaving the home, there's got to have been an impact on those that, that group of folk in the New York community as well, I'm imagining. Yeah. I mean, Cirque du Soleil, for example, not a New York-based company. They're Canadian, but they're the largest theatrical producer in the world. And they've had to lay off 95% of their employees um, personally, wow. in, in my friends, uh, New York based, a lot of actors and dancers, most of whom have lost work twice over, uh, in that their artistic pursuits have been put on hold. And usually they all have jobs in the service industry or restaurants, um, to support, which has now been, you know, uh, stopped for the, for the time being as well. So it, Luckily, finally, our our government is uh, you know has signed a couple plans that are are helping people to get unemployment insurance and and try and yeah. get past this from a financial perspective. But 
the artist community in New York City especially has got to be one of the hardest hit. Um, so just a reminder to, you know, reach out to your artist friends to love and respect them and, you know, just support them through a very, very difficult time. It's without doubt, it's hugely challenging. I didn't really think of that that double whammy. I guess you've got the same um, for people over on the West Coast that are they're in the or film the or the movie industry. Exactly. Yeah, it's difficult without a doubt. So, um, moving on to your more professional side of what you do, I'm not saying you're. I know you're a professional sportsman as well, but uh, professional as in my industry, <laughs> the yeah. one I understand. Yeah, please. Um, Employer branding is your space. Um, an interesting thing I keep hearing from people I've interviewed over the last couple of weeks is that um, how organisations behave over the next few weeks or the past few weeks have gone, but certainly the next couple of months during, during COVID is going to have a massive impact on how their employer brand is perceived. What, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, and in fact, I really ran into uh, kind of a headbutt with my leadership team at, at my previous company because of this very topic. Because what you have is, you know, a lot of companies that are having to lay off lots of employees just because they simply can't meet payroll. And that's mm. a lot of industries, right? When we all come out of this mess, there's going to be a huge reshuffle of talent. And I think that it's a huge opportunity for companies now to set the right foundations to win that war for talent. Because I think, you know, when the economy does restart, um, there's going to be a scramble to get the best salespeople, to get the best talent generally, um, because everyone will be open minded to trying something different than, than they did when they were, you know, when, when they initially got laid off or, or when this whole mess started. So I think now is an extremely important moment. And specifically from a sales function, you know, I think that that one mistake could be made to try and, you know, be extremely aggressive during this time, try to lean on your mm. sales team to replace lost revenue. Um, and it just needs to be done in a very careful way because of what I've been seeing on LinkedIn um, and through a lot of the articles and just kind of, you know, side chatter of industry professionals is that a lot of people are feeling like uh, the situation is not being held, um, is not being, you know, handled tactfully, that they feel like people are trying to profiteer or approaching them with, uh, you know, with a lack of uh, emotional intelligence and empathy yeah. uh, during this time. You know, people have better shit to worry about than whether they want to buy my product when they're just trying to keep their family safe. So, you know, it, it's an interesting time to be in sales as well. But I think for for any company, business to business or business to consumer, the ways that they treat employees that they may have to furlough, the ways that they communicate to their customer base, and all uh, all brand-facing uh, you know, decisions are going to be under a microscope and a spotlight at this moment. It's extremely important for companies to carefully manage their image. Absolutely. And uh, it's uh, certainly on that selling side, it's... Um... 
it's it's a really hard one because I I don't know whether to feel have some empathy for the person doing this. And I'll explain what this is in a second, or just to feel what the hell are you doing? You're, you're acting like a dick. So I have I've had this week four or five LinkedIn messages from people who I, I barely know. I I might be connected to them, but I don't really know. I don't want to claim I do. Um, selling me just random stuff that. If they thought for two seconds, even before COVID-19, my company wouldn't be interested in it. As an example being, a recruiter reached out to me to see whether I needed any help with um, recruitment, as in he was from a staffing firm, and telling me that he specialised in hiring mechanical engineers. Now, I don't think I'm going to have much reason to hire a mechanical (laughs) engineer, considering I've run a HR tech consultant business um, and a, a, a HR blog. Um, and clearly there, somebody's just somebody. It's probably not his fault. He's probably been told by his boss, just carpet bomb everyone. Tell everybody you're available. Work the numbers. Communicate with everyone, and you might pick up some opportunities. And that just feels it feels really crass to me. And it's done his brand, his personal brand as an individual, but also the company he works for brand. No good. Not only has he not thought about who he's messaging, he's also messaging about something that's pretty stupid in terms of the likelihood of me and my current situation um, and my future situation, I hasten to add, as somebody who will never hire a mechanical engineer. just feels a bit lazy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I guess he's counting on the fact that all of the no's to people like you are going to just ignore it and, and not respond and that there there won't be those kind of negative brand consequences but he's unfortunately wrong um that that you know that stuff comes back around absolutely absolutely just um it's you know i feel sorry for the guy he's probably worried about his own job but you also need to think a little bit more tactically don't you and strategically at the same time with this kind of thing and think about the long-term impact and what it's going to have so back to um back to away from my moaning and back to employer branding well what can organizations be doing right now to still keep their employer brand prominent and um, front of mind for people if they're not hiring. So um, if they want to be still out there and make sure that when they do start hiring in you know six weeks, two months, three months, whatever it might be, that actually people haven't forgotten about them. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that you have to, uh, that, that obviously this is not, a time that we're going to be, you know, sending people out to trade shows and conferences and, you know, shaking hands. So I think a big shift of all employer branding needs to move toward, you know, the virtual world and, and what can be done online. Companies mm-hmm. need to look at their, their creative assets that they already have built and see what they can recycle and maybe uh, put to use again or in a different way to keep their brand front of mind. Um, I think that, you know, this would be a a good time to maybe take a look at your CRM or your silver medalist or whatever database of, you know, contacts and candidates you have on file and maybe kind of drop a hint that, you know, uh, just communicate honestly yeah. give an update hey we're not hiring right now we're going through you know this and this challenge but we wanted to keep you informed and we expect you know to reopen this conversation in the next four to six months or whatever that is and that's really my main takeaway is just that yes people need to think about the short term the long term but you know 
I think that, you know, I think that we're, we're going to be in this, this crisis and, you know, the physical implications of it for the next two to four months, potentially. So there's this medium, this really real medium term space that needs to be focused on as well. Like for the remainder of what, when the world might be in quarantine before we're even allowed to, you know, go give a hug. What ammunition do we have to still stay relevant? Um, and, you know, and do it better than our competitors. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's a it's a definitely a good moment to leapfrog a competitor because you know some companies are going to get caught sleeping or not sleeping, just caught up in the you know yeah. in the pandemonium and and all of the trickle down problems that it creates. So if you can be organized enough to stay on top of managing your employer brand during this time. Uh, you'll be a leg up on on your competitors, yeah. and it's being seen to be doing with without empathy and transparency as well, isn't it? You don't want to be that organisation that's constantly going out and saying saying to everybody, "Hey, we're fine. Screw you guys. We're absolutely fine. We're still hiring. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful?" Because that in itself will does not show a degree of um, a maturity and reading the situation. Um, it's making sure, yeah, if you are hiring, that's great. That's wonderful. You're probably not going to have any problems hiring at the moment because there are people available and there's some really, really good people available right now through no fault of their own. But you've got to do it with subtlety and you've got to go to market in, in the right way and not be seen to be arrogant and bragging too much and balanced. For those the companies that aren't hiring, I, I'm with you entirely. That constant communication, without doing too much of it, of course, you don't over communicate. But updating people as to where you're at, giving people confidence that you are still going to be around in three months' time, and you will absolutely be hiring. And the kind of people you might be hiring when that happens are these ABC, EFG, whatever they might be. Um, but you've got to be very careful, haven't you, and subtle in terms of how you do that communication, whichever end of that scale you're at, whether you're hiring's still going fine or hiring's completely dropped off a cliff. You've got to make sure you think carefully about how you communicate, but don't stop. Yeah, and I think equally important is the communication channels that you have open to your employee base too, right? For everybody who isn't used to working at home, that you know needs to collaborate with with their teams and is used to doing that um, in an office in an in person setting. Uh, you know, I'm companies have had to shift very quickly, but I'll, I'll just make a quick plug for one product I love, which is Slack. Um, yeah. Didn't have Slack at my at my recent company, but I just feel like in terms of a a, a way to keep a fun friendly. Um, and highly useful communication channel across the the employee base. You need something like a Slack, um, something different than just email and Zoom, but a, you know, a quick form way for employees to feel connected and be able to have you know a replacement for the quick banter and the and the hellos and and goodbyes and the jokes and the. You know, yeah. the, all all of the, the the idiosyncrasies of office life that we're now trying to replace in just two weeks' time. Well, you made a, you made a really good point earlier where you talked about not being able to go out and just 
Oh, sorry, being able to go out and start hugging again. And um, I realised that I'm I'm a hugger. So whenever I meet people I know reasonably well, not just randoms in the street, um, well, it's normally a hug is the way I greet them. And I've not had that for anybody that I've met in the last three weeks. So I think emotionally inside, I'm kind of missing that a little bit. It's fair enough. You know, I've got my wife and my children and they get the usual amount of, of, of hugs from me. But actually, I'm missing that kind of camaraderie of, um, of people who are friends and pals and mates and buddies. That It's a different kind of um, relationship, isn't it? And it's very different doing all of that over Zoom or even via a podcast. Well, I mean, in yeah, I, I mean, it, it can't be. I'm, I'm as a, a former dancer and as an athlete, a big part of my life and my belief system is that, you know, your your physical energy and your exercise is a big part of your mental health and yeah. so i mean nobody's allowed to go to their their public gym i mean i relied on my gym membership i was in that gym every day and and now that doesn't exist i mean i'm very lucky that my yoga instructor is shifted to teaching her classes virtually now so i'm doing that in my own living room but you know i got to i have to just Put out a, a reminder to, to the world, get your exercise in, find a way yeah. to give somebody a hug, um, to experience physical touch, to get the sun and that vitamin D and do it all in a, in, in a safe way. And it's very hard. But, you know, those those physical necessities, they they add up and um, and impact your mental health a, a, as well. Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. And um, we're we're lucky. I don't know whether you live in a part in an apartment or a house, or no, we're lucky. We've got a garden at the back, so we can go out and stand and get that that sun thing. We've been watching. I don't know whether you heard of uh, Joe Wicks. Is this exercise guy who's kind of gone a bit viral on YouTube? He's getting something like a million live viewers every morning for a workout wow. he does. That was kind of set up for kids initially for kind of PE with Joe. Uh, physical education with Joe, but um, I'm sure probably half the audience are um, are adults, and probably probably ninety percent of that half, having looked at Joe and seen how fit he is, probably ninety percent of them are female as well. <laughs> Isn't that yeah. embarrassing? His forty two year old men, his wives are coming out of their half hour with Joe and looking at them and going, "You need to sort yourself out, pal." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's what it feels like anyway <laughs> but I've, I've been i've been in a couple of sessions and they're a good workout and it feels like you're not doing it alone because there are you know a million other people are online watching them as well you should check it out it's a good session excellent definitely will cool and on that note i'm gonna say daniel thanks so much for your time it's been a pleasure you're my first freestyle frisbee world champion that i've ever interviewed and probably will ever interview if i'm brutally honest <laughs> but it's been an absolute pleasure and i've had a have a great fun meeting you yeah excellent likewise alan um thanks again talk to you soon take care keep safe look after yourself okay thanks for listening to this podcast head over to chattalent.com for more blogs vlogs webinars and other great content about hr talent and recruiting everything you could possibly need Enjoy!